Blog Talk Radio. If there's a war on, don't bring me the news. Ask me to full fight, and I must refuse. But if you want to get my attention, let's make love. If there's an earthquake, I will not attend. If there's a plague, don't invite me, my friend. But if you want to keep me looking in your direction, let's make Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. I want to thank you so very much for taking the time out of your busy day to sit and listen to this week's show. Remember, everyone, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so one or two ways. You can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah and hit the follow button, put in your credentials, and there you have it. For all of you Apple owners out there, you can locate the show via the iTunes podcast library within the iTunes software on your computer or the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone 4, 4S, 5, 5C, or 5S. Remember, it's totally free, and there you can listen to all previous episodes of the show, okay? Remember, I'm looking for those that are single and ready to mingle to submit to be a part of my dating show. That's right, I'm going to have a dating show. Remember, we're looking to create a perfect match for just a few individuals. Pay for their date, and then afterwards, invite you all to the show so we can chop it up, see how things went, get the ins and the outs, all the in-between, all that good juicy stuff, right? Okay, so if you're in the following areas, that's Georgia, Texas, California, New York, Chicago, Philly, Texas, New Orleans, or the DMV area, which stands for District of Columbia, Maryland, or Virginia, please email us at the talk with Micah at gmail.com so we can go ahead and get things underway. Also, if you have any creative show ideas that we can actually incorporate for the remainder of season two, please do not be afraid to email us as well. Again, that's the talk with Micah at gmail.com. We actually have some fascinating interviews coming up in the next month or so, as well as a few upcoming contests. So please stay tuned because season two is just heating up. Well, it's time to pay a few bills, guys. And the next time that you'll hear my voice, I'll be sitting down with the legends. Hello, everyone. It is Christian Lord St. James checking in from Shanghai, China, and it is time for Shufa Akanjing. Once again, it's time for Shufa Akanjing. In Chinese, that means free and clear. You heard it. That's right. It's time for the free and clear segment. Diamonds are forever. We, the Diamond of the South family, cordially invite you to join us December the 5th for an amazing night of pageantry. Mr. and Mrs. Diamond of the South 2014-2015, honoring Mr. Alphonse Dupree and Miss Chastity Dupree at the historic Carver Theater in New Orleans, Louisiana, featuring Diamond of the South newcomers Amaje Dickinson and Miss Sequoia Dickinson. Miss Diamond of the South Plus, Miss Coffee, 
and hosted by yours truly, Mr. Amar J. Davenport Dickinson. For more information, contact Diamond of the South or any Diamond of the South family member via Facebook. Remember, it's your time to shine. So save the day. See you there. Hey, Michael, what's up? What's going on? It is the Supreme, and I just wanted to thank you and your amazing friends for joining in the Back to School Drive. We'll be collecting school supplies between now and August the 22nd. There are several national title holders who are involved. If you need more information, you can visit Michael's Facebook page. There's a flyer there, or my Facebook page as well. Or if you'd rather email us, you can email us at info at warrenbeautiful.com. The kids need us, and we thank you all so much for participating. Mwah. Good evening, everyone out there in Westland. I'm your personal brand empress, Yesha Bubbles Alexander, calling from the lovely city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Join me January 24th and 25th as I relinquish my title as well as the beautiful Candace Brooks, the Clouds of All Queens. For contact details, you can contact myself as well as the Oblique West or Candace Brooks. And for all the contestants, I have one bit of advice. Make sure your tuck is right and your bra is tight because it's going to be a contest that night. See you then. Greetings, everyone. This is Saria Sinclair, your current reigning Mrs. Black Continental. On behalf of the Black Continental Pantry System, myself and my king, Mr. Jawan Bonet, we would like to invite you to our annual Mr. and Mrs. Black Continental, which will be held Saturday and Sunday, September 6th and 7th, 2014, at Excess Ultra Lounge, 708 Spring Street, Atlanta, Georgia. This year, registrations and interview will be on Saturday at the Microtel at North Druid Hills. And on Sunday, we will have the pageant event, presentation three colors or more, sportswear, indoor swimwear, formal wear, evening gown, and talent. We would like to welcome each and every one of you to our event as this year's theme is Boogie Wonderland, and we are entitling it also black culture so if you would like to be a part of what we have going on please do contact p jasmine darnell at 404-839-6120 diamond justice at 404-246-7689 or you can contact myself saria sinclair at 225-221-6341 again black continentals Boogie Wonderland 2014, September 6th and 7th, 2014. Thank you so much, and you have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up there, my beautiful people? This is Mr. Black Universe, Cameron Black. Just want to take the time to invite you all out October 31st through November 2nd of this year as myself, along with Giselle, Barbie Royale, and Tamara Chevalier relinquish our titles. Thank you all for coming on this journey. We hope to see you then. Oh, and by the way, who wants to rule? Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Tim, a.k.a. Tyrone Iman Dickerson, live from New York City, and you're listening to my best brother show, The Talk with Mike and Friends. Always remember, everybody wants loyalty, consistency, and someone who won't quit. But everybody forgets, in order to get that person, you have to be that person. Thanks for tuning in to the Free and Clear segment. Whenever I hear about a hate crime, I am shocked and saddened. One of these acts of violence and intimidation occurs approximately every hour of every day in this country. Imagine walking down the street and wondering if this is the day that you'll get beaten up or even killed simply because of who you are. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people constantly face this fear. 
sometimes with devastating results. It is time for things to change. It's time we all stand together and say enough is enough. We will not tolerate hate any longer. We all have to get involved. We all have to give a damn. I give a damn. I give a damn. I give a damn. To you? Join us at wegiveadam.org to learn more. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And if you are just joining us, you have actually joined at the right time, the best time, actually. Now, upon starting this project, I knew that eventually I would want to capture the essence of speaking with iconic, legendary acts, entertainers of the LGBTQ entertainment and pageantry arena. And today is the first installment of the Legends panel. Now, what truly is a legend, you may ask? Well, for me, I believe that a legend is a person who was and still is a trailblazer in their own right, a person who has offered themselves to the world of entertainment unselfishly, without any haste, and has not only made a name for themselves in drag history, as RuPaul would say, but continues in the fight of keeping female impersonation illusion alive and continues to contribute when needed or asked upon. So I wanted my first Legends panel to begin with three lovely, beautiful, and extremely talented women who are sometimes more seen than heard. So I would like to welcome to the show a former Miss Gay U.S. of A., Black America, Universal Show Queen, Miss Florida SFI, and Miss Continental, among countless other titles, Miss Cezanne. Welcome to the show, Cezanne. Thank you. So nice to be here. Hello, everybody. We also have a former Miss Black America, Miss Liberty International, Miss Black Universe, and Miss Duval, of course, among other countless titles, Miss Yasmin Campbell Starr. Welcome to the show, Yasmin. Is Yasmin here? Hello? <laughs> she may still have her phone on mute. So we're going to go over to um, our, last, uh, our, our last entertainer and legend, uh, a former Miss Black America, former Miss Black Universe, Miss Florida FFI, Miss Continental, and Miss Entertainer of the Year, Miss Tasha Long. Welcome to the show, Miss Tasha Long. Thank you, Mike. Hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> and how how are you ladies how how are you ladies doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And, and, and Yasmin, are you um are you here? I think she's still she's still gone. She'll she'll come back. She'll come back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but again, I want to say welcome to the show. Uh, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to sit and talk with me for just a few regarding your life your career, and your outlook on the business that has grounded all of you into what we see and know as the legend. I always think that it's best in the beginning of any interview or any, even a panel discussion that we get to know you. You know, we get to know a little bit more about you as the person and where you truly come from, your background. So this question is actually for everyone. So I want you to briefly tell us, you know, that are listening, um, where are you originally from? Uh, give us some information on your childhood background. Um, what do you remember most about your childhood? And then also, when did you make the transition um, into becoming the lady that you that we see today? And and, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Cezanne go, and then we'll go to Tasha. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, um, born and raised here. Um, I actually was adopted um, 
Okay. I'm an only child. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, I grew up, you know, raised as a Catholic. Um, you know, for the most part, I felt like I had a very normal childhood, you know. Um, um, the neighborhood we lived in was, um, I mean, I guess we would consider lower middle class maybe, Um but whatever, we just—I thought we were rich, so. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, for the most part, I feel like I had a pretty um, idyllic type childhood. You know, I played, and you know, came in when the street lights uh, came on, all that kind of stuff. Rode my bike, skateboard. You know, for the most part, I'd say I was pretty a normal kid. Okay. Very uh, active. <laughs> yeah, very active, and you know, um, with outside. And as I got older, you know, I did more things like um different musical lessons, piano, guitar, clarinet. Um, I was always doing something, you know, artistic, um, art, you know, reading. I always was a part of the summer book club at the library and library okay. and stuff like that. So, you know, pretty normal childhood for the most part. <laughs> okay. What was the other part? And the, the last one was um, when did you make the transition? And we'll actually speak about it. We'll talk about it later on. But I just want to know when did you make the transition in um, into the lady that we see before? So you can say, you know, what year or, how you know, how old you were at the time? Well, really, it's it's a, 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 a kind of a two-part quest, uh, answer. Um, I began my transition pretty much as soon as I started doing shows, like when I was 20. Um, I de- I uh, diddled and dabbled in um, in hor- uh, with hormones, but I always was reluctant to go all the way and like you know fully live my life as a woman because I was for one scared of what my parents would say. But by the time I was twenty four, um, I began to live as a woman. Okay, twenty four. Okay, and um, before we get to Tasha, I I, I, um, I want to ask you two things that you did speak about. You know living as um, you were only child. Did you ever, as an only child, because I was the only child up until about two years old, then I got mad because I had a brother, but uh, as an only child, did you ever want um, any brothers or sisters? I did. I did because I felt, I mean, I think I kind of felt lonely. I mean, I had lots of cousins, and all my cousins did have, like, brothers and sisters and um so I kind of envied that closeness that they had or just even having someone around, you know. Okay, okay. And musicals. I want to um, talk about musicals Musicals, real quick. Um, do you have a favorite musical? Me, me Cezanne? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. I guess I would say I really, I know growing up I loved The Wiz, the Broadway okay. version of The Wiz. The Broadway version, okay. Yeah, that movie was on just... Um, just a couple of nights ago, so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But thank you so very much, yeah. um, Cezanne, for um, giving us just a little background on um, where you come from. So, Tasha, you are up next. Okay. I am, of course, Tasha Long. I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with two sisters. Uh, my mother and father separated um, at an early age, and uh, my mother pretty much raised us. Uh, we didn't have much, but we made do of what we had. Um, family tipped in, um, chipped in and helped everyone out and um, got us through it. Um, I guess as far as um, my childhood bringing, um, I had a nice childhood um, upbringing. I remember always when my mother and them had guests, I would um, <laughs> emulate uh, Tom Jones and uh, 
all those different people back then for them. Okay. Uh, I had that in me already. So you were entertaining at quite a young age. <laughs> young age. Young age, Chad. Okay. Okay. And what what about your um, transition? Like, at what age or year do you remember when you really started to make the transition into Tasha? Well, it's sort of different for me than mm-hmm. other girls because when I was when I started doing shows, um, it was actually by an accident. It was a dare sort of type of thing. So um, I wasn't even thinking about the entertainment part of it, and okay. um, I end up doing a talent show at a local club called The Unicorn on the south side of Birmingham. Um, okay. One of my best friends dared me to do it, and I did it, and I lost. And I think I entered maybe like six times and lost, and I finally won. That was because I was the only contestant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so the person that won that week had a chance to come back the following week mm-hmm. and um, entertain. So I had okay. an opportunity to come back and entertain. And I think a week after that I went to, it was, Club 21, back okay. in the day, I think it was After Dark before Club 21. Okay. And entered their talent show. And I won, and so happened that night, um, one of the entertainers and her boyfriend got into a fight, and she got fired. And I was actually hired on the spot and been oh, working wow. ever since. Yeah. I know that's right. <laughs> yes, that's, Interesting yeah, story. That's how that started. And okay. as far as my transition, uh-huh. I didn't even want to transition. Um, position until I started doing Continental. I'll be totally honest with you. And I tell okay. all the girls, don't do that because of the contest. But to be totally honest with you, that was um, one of the main reasons I did that. Okay. So since since you did, and thank you so very much, Tasha. Um, and before I, I ask what I want to ask, Yasmin, have you made it back yet? I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Ooh, Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, you know I'm a little airhead, and I had the phone still on you, but I got it together now. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, everybody, let's welcome Yasmin back to the show. <laughs> Hello, Hello, everyone. I've been listening, but I'm here okay. now. <laughs> Great. Okay, so, um, so now, the, now the question goes to you, Yasmin. Briefly tell us yeah. uh, where you're originally from, your childhood background, what do you remember most about your childhood, and when did you make the uh-huh. transition? Okay. Um, I was born here in Birmingham, Alabama, um, okay. February February the first, nineteen seventy one. All right. Okay. Um, um, my mother and my father married at an early age, mm-hmm. and when I was born, my mother was eighteen. My father was, I think, twenty one. Um, out of that union, there were three children born, well, two children born out of that union, excuse me, but my mother has three children. Okay. It was me and my sister. Um, after my parents divorced, uh, they were still very young and really wasn't um, in a position to raise children or um, ready for children. Okay. So uh, we were said to um, live with my grandmother, and um, she raised us. Okay. Um, that was my mother's mother. Okay. But my father's my father's mother and grandmother also took a part in our in our uh, in our being raised. Okay. Um, my grandmothers were real grandmothers. They said what they meant, and they meant what they said. I know that's right. <laughs> um, I had a, you know, what I'm saying I had a very good 
good childhood now that I'm I look back and I think about it. I used to think that they were mean and and and, 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 and hateful, but now I thank God for the upbringing that I had because they were the kind of grandmothers that just didn't allow you to run in the streets like they were saying. Um, when the street light came on, you had to be in the house. All right. of those things that we need to really go back to. Exactly. But anyway, um, it was a very good childhood. Did the normal things in in school, you know. Um, played in a band. Um, art, art is it was always a big thing for me. I was always, you know, very good at drawing and things of that nature. Um, in my transitioning, mm-hmm. uh, it really wasn't a shock for them because as a kid, I was already already very, very feminine. Okay. To be honest, um, my mother told me that when I cried and she heard me cry for the first time, she knew that I was not a normal boy child. Mm. And um, so I was given the name Sweet Pea. So in my transitioning, it really wasn't a a big issue, wasn't a big deal. It's just like, you know, hey, Sweet Pea has tits now. (laughs) So it was just, you know, it it, it wasn't a a shock because it was was already predestined in my car. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so very much, Yasmin. Um, And and Tasha, um, she kind of shared, you know, her come out story as far as when she first Mm -hmm. hit the stage and how that happened. So I'm going to now give the question over to Yasmin and Faison. Um, Just tell us about the first time that you, you know, what started it all? You know, did you first see a, a show first? Did you get right into it? Like, how did that actually happen? And, uh, Yasmin, you can go ahead and start, and then we'll um, carry to Trayvon. Okay, well, for me, I didn't come out into the gay community to a, a late age compared to what children are coming out, how children are coming out now. I okay. was 21 years old the very first time I ever stepped into a gay club. It was actually okay. my 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, I was friends with a guy who was, you know, was gay, and he told me that he was going to take me out for my 21st birthday. And so I got all dressed up and put on my clothes and everything, and he took me downtown Birmingham, and I went to this club, and I could see the sisters dancing in the window. And I was like, oh, my God, there are people in the world, lots of people in the world like me. Mm -hmm. So we proceeded on up the steps to this club, and um, the first person that I was introduced to was this beautiful, light-skinned redhead that was sitting at the bar, and my friend said, I want you to meet my friend Tasha, and Tasha long turned around and said, hello, my name is Tasha, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this beautiful woman, and then instantly it clicked in my head because of my whole entire existence, I knew I was a girl. Mm-hmm. I was, you know what I'm saying? I knew I wanted to be a girl, and I knew one day I was going to be a girl. And when I saw her, I knew this what it was. This is how okay. it's going to happen. Right. Well, as, as I continued into, you know, learning the gay community and blah, 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 I ended up meeting a, a guy in the city who was one of the 
well-known hairstylist in the city by the name of Ken's man, God rest his soul, which is my gay father. Okay. And so he saw this little skinny, sissy boy with uh, a bob and a mustache, and he was like, I want a daughter, and you fit that mold. Mm. So he was like, okay, we're going to put you in a pageant and blah, blah, this and all that. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. This ain't getting them dress, honey. Right. It don't matter. <laughs> you know? So um, he put me in the pageant, um, and I didn't, I didn't win. I was first runner-up to Brittany Bardot, which is Orson Mays. I know he's going to kill me, but he <laughs> was the winner, and I was first runner-up. Okay. So from, from that pageant, um, uh, from that pageant, which was a preliminary to Miss um, USA, Alabama USA, which was like one of the biggest pageants in this in Alabama at that time, mm-hmm. um, it was a prelim to it. So I went on to the prelim. And um, I received second runner-up. Okay. And the winner was um, was dethroned, unfortunately, and which pushed me up to first runner-up. So within five to six months of me doing drag, I was at Miss USA. Wow. So that's how you really and got your start. <laughs> yeah, that's how I got my start. It was it was very fast. It was very quick. But I think that it was it was that way because it was it was already predestined. I was, right. You know what I'm saying? I was just being who I was always meant to be, and that was a girl. <laughs> and, 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 and so your, and within, my, within my first year of drag, I went to Miss USA, and I also went to Miss Continental and, and within the first year of me even doing drag. Wow. And this is history. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yavi, for sharing that. Um, and, um, and Cezanne, what about you? Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. The first time I was in drag or the first time I started shows? Because there's Both. a kind of difference. Okay, um, let's see. To be honest with you, all growing up, I used to, like, sneak and, um, you know, put my mom's clothes on. It was the 70s. My mom had lots of wigs and hair pieces. So whenever I get the opportunity, like when they were gone or I had the was by myself in the house, I literally would get dressed up in her clothes and turn on music and stand in the dining room and do drag. Now, mind you, I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but right. I guess it was some kind of like early training is what I call it. Okay. Um, so years, years and years later, um, to hang out with uh, a group of kids here in Louisville that were, I guess we were like about uh, 18, nine, probably 19, because I went to school and went to Chicago, and then I came back home. Um, and um, I used to hang out with this group of kids. We kind of fancied ourselves as kind of punk rock, avant-garde, I guess you could say, you know, Boy George, Annie Lennox, that whole thing, Prince. Okay. Um, so we would do, like, kind of crazy drag type stuff, like just outlandish and just to be kind of shocking, you know, uh, off-the-wall stuff. So I didn't really ever take it serious because I didn't think I could be, I, if I was going to do drag like that, I thought, well, I'm going to look ugly. I won't be convincing, so I never did. Mm-hmm. Then once I went to hair school, I had a good friend of mine say, let me do your makeup. And we sat in my house one day, and um, I was probably, I was 20, as a matter of fact, and uh, he painted my face, and when I looked in the mirror, I was 
kind of uh, like shocked because I didn't think I could look pretty. Now, mind you, looking back now, I, I probably did not look that good. But at that moment, yeah. I saw a whole different person um, develop. And it really, like, at that moment, it just it snowballed. Like, the next week I wanted to go out and drag. And then the week after that, I wanted to do the talent night. And then, then after I did talent night, I was there every week, and like within like two, three months, I got hired at the bar, and it just it just snowballed for me like that. And it just went on from there. Yeah, over the the interviews that I've done um, over the past uh, eight, nine months or so, and when I ask that question to to entertainers, it's it always seems like you know they kind of either fell into it or someone brought it out of them. It was always something like Yasmin was saying, and like you were saying, Stefan. It was something that was already there. But someone mm-hmm. just kind of came into your life and, and brought that person to life. So we thank them for that because um, if not, we wouldn't be talking right now. So and thank you, the ladies, once again for um, for sharing that. So um, I honestly, you know, I think everyone has someone or even possibly a few people that have inspired them along the way. So my question to you, um, to you ladies, who's your biggest inspiration? And what did they do in a special way that garners them the respect of being an inspiration to you in your life? And I'll repeat that. Who's your biggest inspiration, and what did they do in a special way that garners them the respect of being an inspiration to you and your life? And I want to start with Tasha, then we'll go to Cezanne, and then Yasmin. knew it. I was sitting here trying to think. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess it would have to be when I was in Birmingham, that was a place called, um, oh, you know what? I take that back. I know exactly who it is. Okay. When I first started out, I remember going on a friend of mine's, a friend of mine's booking with her, Joanne Delight. She was originally from Florida, but she had moved to um, Birmingham. Okay. And it was in Montgomery, Alabama. And um, I just wanted to go and see, you know, just to support her and to see what it was about because I was new to everything. And um, I met this guy by the name of Rick Camp, and um, we became really close. And actually, the person, he owned the bar, he gave me my very first booking, and um, out-of-town booking, and he became my drag father. And he's the reason to this day that I started um, doing, like, major competitions like Miss Continental. Mm-hmm. He was a promoter for Miss Continental. Okay. And he was having a preliminary. And I did the preliminary, um, and I think I got, like, first runner-up to Amber Richards. And um, that's, I think that's the year she won Miss Continental. And, and um, no. I don't know if she wanted to come on that year. It was the year that I think Dana Douglas was giving it up, and I didn't make the 10. And okay. from there on, he has been this, was my inspiration and pushed me and um, brought things out of me um, that I didn't even know that I could do. Actually, actually, he built the confidence that um, made me who I am today. So he's he, no longer with us, but mm-hmm. um, I would have to say with him. Okay. And so you say he built a confidence in you. I like that. Okay. Thank you so very much, Tasha. And Cezanne? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know that I could name just one person. Um, I have a couple people that um, 
I would say, inspired me for different reasons. Okay, first I would say, as far as, like, really drag, I'd have to say my drag mother, Robin Dupre. Okay. Um, she's really the first person that I met that um, showed me about, uh, you know, it being in a show, being in production, the the process of that. Um, I actually learned that just from watching her before I even did shows. And okay. uh, the whole thing about having costumes and, you know, shoes for everything. And uh, so she taught me a lot about uh, what drag entailed. Um, now, as far as um, taught me, like I would say, showmanship and stuff like that, I would say mm-hmm. I kind of learned from watching back in the day Michael Andrews and also um, – Natasha Edwards. She kind of okay. took me under her wing, um, and I learned a lot from her, too. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, Savon. And if you ask me, who, who are your inspirations or who inspired you? Um, I'll have to say first my grandmother. Okay. Because um, she gave me my foundation, the solid foundation that I have today. She is the person who, who gave that to me. So she will forever remain a a a, um, a special person to me. Um, the second person I would have to say would be my drag mother, Amber Star, simply because she gave me a name. Mm. And okay. I'm forever grateful to her for that. Um, I became a national title holder before her. But in my eyes, she will always be mother. And I've learned that in this lifestyle, sometimes we forget who gives us our humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. And we think think we're we're bigger and we're greater because maybe maybe we've gone farther. But in my eyes, she, she will always be mother, simply for giving me the name, giving me the 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 foundation to to um, become Yasmin, teaching me how to paint, teaching me how to pad at that time, all of the essentials that made Yasmin who she is today. Without her, there wouldn't be me, you know. So those are my two people. Okay. So your grandmother and Amber Star. Okay. Thank you so very much, Tasha, Cezanne, and Yasmin. And before we actually go, because um, we're going to take a break, a quick break, um, but before I go to the break, um, I do want to ask the three of you um, really quick, what is your thing to do when you just want to relax and have fun? So what is that one thing that you just love to do or you like to do just when you want to relax and have fun? So I'll, I'll give it to Cezanne first, and then Yasmin, and then Tasha. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can <laughs> Hello? Oh. Yes, uh-huh, we're here okay. I don't know if I can say this But I'm going I'm to keep it 100% real Okay What I like to do is get is smoke me a joint And chill <laughs> Smoke you a joint and chill Okay, not a problem I'm sure we have some listeners that can, that can agree with you on that And uh, Yasmin, what about you? Um, The same <laughs> I love to smoke me a blunt. I'm not gonna lie, and there's people okay. out there who really know me for real. You're right. Know the exact Yasmin will light it up. <laughs> so I enjoy my blunt. I enjoy my wine. I enjoy a fashion magazine. 
honey, and give me a thrift store or an antique store or anything mm-hmm. like that, and I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> That's what makes y'all oh. me happy. <laughs> Thank you, y'all. <laughs> and Tasha Long, what about you? <laughs> oh, I'm She's smoking now. <laughs> she, what you, what you <laughs> She's smoking now. <laughs> <laughs> what they said. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much, yeah, Lisa. Much. <laughs> you said that pretty much yeah, it. I like, yeah, I pretty much sit back. Um, I like to cook. Okay. So I will smoke my my. I don't smoke joints. I smoke my blunts. Mm. I go in the kitchen. I'll cook. I get on the computer. You see me on Facebook. Um, I watch my soaps. Um. My okay. girlfriends come over, we chill, and um, that's basically it. That's how I relax. So, Tasha, since you say you like to cook, what's your favorite dish? Ooh. Um, chicken and dumplings. <laughs> I like my chicken and dumplings. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I cooked me some pig ears I hadn't had in forever. Mm. And so I did um, some smothered chicken with, like, cream of mushroom, um, cream of celery, and um, cream of chicken with breadcrumbs with a little um, bell pepper and onion, maybe some collard greens and some cornbread muffins, um, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm hungry. Okay, you get, you get me hungry. <laughs> yeah, and then made some okra with some butter and a little garlic, you know. Yeah, it was really okay. good. Okay. Well, when I come to Florida, I've never had pig ears. Um, so uh, when I when I come... Mm-hmm. Uh, down there, uh, I I I did. Um, I think it was your house, Tasha. A long time ago, I came to your house for thanks for Thanksgiving. This was like maybe two thousand five or two thousand six. With with the house or the apartment? It was. It, I believe it was a house because it was Amber Star came over there. It was with James okay. and Hector. James yes, and Hector. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I know you can throw down. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, ladies. Now, as I told um, my listeners on the last episode, there is a new segment that will run weekly entitled Grand, Gorgeous, and Gag. And basically, each week, I will have stylists and makeup artists from around the country providing you, the audience, with styling tips and tidbits, as well as do's and don'ts when it pertains to the face, keeping it lovely but also healthy. So, ladies, we're going to take just a, a small little break and allow Chris McKinley, our makeup artist for the week, to give us a few pointers as well as show our supporters some love. And we'll be right back. So, ladies, just hold the line for me. Hi, it's Chris McKinley with Pleasure Paint, and this is Grand, Gorgeous, and Gag. My tips today are centered around the ladies. Okay, so we all know the outcome of our beauty starts with our base. We want to moisturize and prime before every makeup application. Primer is the boost that enhances your makeup for a more flawless application and outcome. Eye primers and lip primers help in bringing out the best in your colors, all while improving the longevity of your makeup. And skin primers help to bring out the best in your foundation, as well as providing a smoother application. Hey, guys, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can find me at stylesuit.com forward slash pleasure paint. This has been your grand, gorgeous, and gag tip of the week. For all of your graphic needs, choose Ferris Optimal Photos. We specialize in flyers, promos, logos, airbrushing, and retouching. All graphic services are just $50 and special deals and discounts for multiple purchases. 
Accepted methods of payment are Western Union, MoneyGram, or Walmart store-to-store transfer. For more information, you can contact Ferris Abdemal at 504-307-3273 or Facebook.com slash A generous portion of the proceeds will go to Team Justin, benefiting kidney failure awareness. You can also purchase a Team Justin shirt for the low price of just $20. Again, that's Ferris Abdemal Photos for all of your graphic needs. Hello everyone, this is Nisha Lopez, your current reigning Miss Continental. Just giving you a reminder of one of the biggest weekends in pageantry, Continental Weekend. And it's happening Labor Day weekend. With the Mr. Pageant happening on Friday and Saturday, the 29th and 30th of August. And the Miss happening on Sunday, the 31st of August, and Monday, September 1st. I just want to say that I have had an amazing year and it's been life-changing. My successor will definitely have the time of their life. Good luck to all the contestants, and I look forward to seeing you all Labor Day weekend in the audience, of course. So enjoy what's left of summer, and may God bless. And thank you so very much to Chris McKinley for our grand, gorgeous, and gag um, tip of the week. Ferris Altamal, as well as the lovely Miss Continental, Nisha Lopez. Okay, ladies, you still here? Still here. Still here. Okay, here. great. So let's go ahead and um, move on higher in the program, as they would say, back in church. Uh, Majority of the time, your life is seen only on stage by the majority. And because you ladies are entertainers, it doesn't always allow you the opportunity to get up close and personal with everyone. So I want you all to take the time to share with the audience, as well as myself, two interesting facts or things that most people don't know about you. So it can't be anything that of what you said earlier about what you like to do to have fun. But just give us two interesting facts or things that most people don't know about you. And I'm going to start with Tasha, and we're going to go to Yasmin, and then Cezanne. Two things most people don't know about me. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're a friend of mine, you really wouldn't know how nurturing I am and how um, serious I am about my friends and how much um, – I care and look up to them and look out for them. Um, I'm just an average person. Um, what you see on stage is not what you see off stage. Um, like I said, I was not having much, so I know how to make something out of nothing. And um, the persona you see on stage is just me living my day-to-day life, trying to make a decent living, um, to make money, to do my drag, and to pay my bills and scuffling just like the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take that very serious what I do. And um, off stage, like I said, I'm just laid back, love my friends, and um, they're nurturing. And one kooky thing about me, I'm always, when I'm watching television, mm-hmm. if I see some a, a person on television, I think of a girlfriend or someone I saw, I immediately go to putting them into that character. And I've even called some girls and said, girl, I know this is out of the blue, but I just saw such and such, and I think you, I'm stupid like that. <laughs> okay, that is an interesting fact. So nurturing your serious about your friends, I love that. Thank you so much, Tasha. And Yasmin? Um, I would have to say uh, simply um, I'm a glamour girl. I'm a glamour girl on and off stage. But I'm a glamour girl that doesn't 
that's not afraid of getting my hands dirty. Okay. So it wouldn't be a shock to, it's not a shock to my real friends and my, and my family to see me out in the yard cutting the grass in the, in the dead middle of the heat. You know, yeah. I'm not afraid of, of, of pushing a lawnmower to, you know, you know how some girls, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do that. <laughs> You're That's right. And this and that and that. I'm, you know, I'm ordinary, I'm plain, I'm simple. Okay. You know, I like the simple things in life. I, I enjoy uh, just sitting on my front porch and, 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 and enjoying the air and, and having a conversation with a friend or, or, or a family member or a neighbor, you know. I'm just, I'm just plain and ordinary. And a lot of times with people, when they see you on stage, you see all the glitz and the glamour, and they automatically think, well, she's, she's stuck up or she has an a, a air about herself and she's this and she's that. But no, Yasmin is plain old simple, you know. Okay. I'm I'm so you don't mind getting your hands dirty, and, and you're no, you're, I don't mind you're a simple, my hands dirty, and you're a simple woman. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And Cezanne. Oh, oh, I'm not very interesting. <laughs> I can <I laughs> think. Um, um, I would say um, something interesting. I guess I'm. I think sometimes people think that I'm maybe um, standoffish and aloof. Um, but I think that I'm actually more shy than anything. Um, okay. Um, I'm one of those people that once you get to know me, I think I'm a, a very open and funny person. Tasha can probably attest to that. Um, okay. And something else, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess um, I've been celibate for three years. <laughs> so, okay. That is an interesting fact. Yeah, yeah. Bless your heart. I, 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 can, I can ride with you on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> okay. So shy, so shy and, 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 and celibate. I can't help y'all with that one. Okay. Huh? I can't help y'all with that one. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm a long time nympho. You're nympho. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much, Trayvon. Now, um, e- even though you ladies aren't mainstream celebrities, and I'm not going to pinpoint this to anyone. Anyone can answer this. Um, But even though you ladies aren't mainstream celebrities, you are deemed celebrities in your own right within the LGBTQ community. What do you feel is the challenge or the negative aspect of being an industry celeb, and what's the positive? Um, I have to say being prejudged sometimes. Okay. You know, going back to people automatically thinking just because they see you, or, you know, what you're wearing, how, you know what I'm saying, or, 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 or like Cezanne was saying, you know, with me, sometimes I can be a little standoffish. I don't do really a whole lot of talking, you know, mm-hmm. not to everybody I don't, you know. Right. But sometimes just being prejudged and put into this category when, you know, you don't know the person, so you shouldn't put them in a particular category. Um, the great thing about it is this, you know, I think all of us get a joy out of the attention, you know. That's mm-hmm. a good thing about it. But um, I would just have to say those are my two things. Yes, okay. 
so being prejudged will be your negative, and uh, and then the joy and the attention behind it will be the positive. Yeah, attention, yeah sometimes. Okay. All right. And it, do anyone else want to um, chime in? Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say um, people have a tendency of expecting more from you. Um, okay. And I don't think that um, it's fair on our behalf because we're only as good as we are this last time you saw us. And we are human and we make mistakes and uh, we have problems and what have you. And mm-hmm. I just think that patience on us is a little higher than um, I would want it to be, you know. Right. Which, which makes us nervous when it's mm-hmm. time for us to do certain things because we know that expectation is there and you can only give as much as you can give. And even sometimes that's not good enough for people. That you are. Mm-hmm. And, and what about the positive? What's and the positive? positive about it, it gives you a platform. People um, tend to listen to you a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do with it, I don't know, but they, people do tend to listen to you. And you can use that platform in a positive way or a negative way. I try to choose it, and I hope that I choose my platform in a positive way. And that's just trying to treat everybody the way I would like to be treated, you know. Right. I don't care if you're a newcomer or you've been here um, performing for years. I treat everybody the same, you know. I don't have any hang-ups with that. I'm just okay. talking about eat pig ears and um, eat caviar, you know, so that's just. So so you said the negative would be the expectancy of the entertainer, so what the, the, the audience and the spectators expect of you. And then the positive would be you um, being able to be on a certain platform. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. And Savon, you can go ahead and chime in now. Yeah, I, I have to agree with um, both ladies. Um, I would say the negative part is definitely um, where people tend to forget that you are human too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times because they see you, and as a performer, you do turn it on. You know where you're like uh, uh, you're a performer, so you you turn that uh, that. Uh, energy on and people see you that way so they think you're always that way and they tend to want to just say any they think they can say just anything to you and you know sometimes you're just like really did you just say that to me right and uh they you know you just kind of have to roll with it and you do especially if you're a seasoned professional you learn how to just kind of let it roll off your back but that doesn't mean it doesn't sting sometimes um, but the positive thing that I would say that I feel from this is that um, I definitely know this is the career I was supposed to have because of the things I've gotten to do, the places I've gotten to go, the people I've met, the people that have come to see me perform. You know, it's uh, that's been what's been my positive from it. I've been able to build a life and um, live and uh, um, support myself for um, all these years with this career. So that's the positive to me. Thank you so much, Cezanne. I want to ask you a question. What would, what would you say to those individuals that, um, that are out there who believe that they can just come up and say anything to the entertainers, especially the entertainers that have been in the business for, for years and, and, and are deemed or honored as legends and icons in the industry? What would you say to, to people like that? To people that would think they can say anything? Yes, uh-huh. 
I would say, how would you, how would, I put your, I always, my biggest thing has always been, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. Treat me like I would, you would want me, treat me like you would want to be treated. And I just think that's just the basic human philosophy of how you should live your life by anybody. I don't care whether you're a entertainer or not, just a person on the street. Mm-hmm. I want you to treat me like you would want to be treated with some respect. Thank you, Faison. I'm glad you said those words because um, I believe that's something that we just need more of in, in the community, especially at this point. Um, and oh. I, I was going to speak about misconceptions, but um, we'll, we'll leave that because I believe a, a lot of you have already kind of pinpointed that in regards to the misconception or the misconceptions of an entertainer. But I do want to say I truly believe that, you know, this day and age, society is going to give me this, give me that type of attitude. So as someone who's been in the industry 20-plus years, and, again, anyone can answer, um, and I truly believe each of you have worked hard and weren't just given or handed things in life, what have you given back to the LGBTQ community that validates that you are not only one that receives, but you give back as well? Well, for me, um, right now at the present time, I'm on – a committee here working with the um, Elite House Program, which is an AIDS outreach um, program. And we're trying to do different things in the community to try to bring back unity in in the community here in Birmingham. Um, It it seems for us here in Birmingham that the the, the day life, night life, and, and, and things that we used to do are all dying. So mm-hmm. for me, that's what I'm, I'm doing right now, working with them with different, you know, events that they're planning, trying to bring unity back to the Birmingham community. Okay. Thank you so much, Yasmin. Ladies, anyone else? Um, well, go ahead, Tasha. Well, throughout my career, I'm sure all of us have, you know, done various uh, benefits uh, for charities, AIDS organizations, mm-hmm. Um, back when I was Miss USA, I made a point to um, donate my money from my crowning number at every prelim to whatever local AIDS organization there was. Mm, um, current, I like that. Um, current, uh, currently, I'm um, in Louisville. I was asked to uh, assist one of the doctors at the University of Louisville um, to put together uh, uh, a curriculum of how to. Um, deal with transgender patients and um, that proper etiquette and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love both of you. I love the, the crowning numbers and giving back. I, I think that is phenomenal. And um, as far as the curriculum, how long is it going to take for, for you guys to build that curriculum and, and that training? Well, um what they're doing right now is, as of this moment, I just finished doing um, a um, a newsletter with her that's going out. Um, later this month, they want me to come and um, uh, train to uh, become a speaker, to go and speak to, I guess, um, maybe young doctors or different um, um, organizations that would be dealing with transgender um, patients on the, okay. uh, different levels and stuff like that. It's a, it's a work in progress. I don't really know what how it's going to turn out, but mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we're just kind of like going with the, I'm going with the flow because I don't really know what their long-term <laughs> plans are. But then I right. know that they want me to do some kind of speaking type thing, so. Okay. Well, we definitely wish you much success on that and keep us in the know. And, you know, we, if there's a publication that comes out as far as, like you said, the newsletter, you know, definitely send it to me so we can um, praise you and, and also, you know, praise what, what's actually being done. Um, but, again, thank you, Cezanne. And Tasha? Well, there's a big um, benefit show they do here every year called um, the Headdress Ball that um, I'm affiliated with every year. I perform out there. Um, all the proceeds go to the Hope and Health um, um, business here, which is an AIDS organization. Um, okay. a, few years back, a few years back, I had the opportunity um, when we were trying to pass the anti-discrimination law here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I was probably one of the few of the um, transgender um, community that went and spoke to the city council on behalf of the transgender community, um, okay. and that law did pass. And okay. um, I tried to be a mentor to um, those that... Um, reach out to me. I, I really don't turn anybody away when they want to talk or have questions. Even mm-hmm. on Facebook, I have people that I've never met before, you know, um, transgender women, maybe cross-dressers, or I talk to everybody and answer their questions. So that's pretty much what I do to get that. Right. And thank you so very much, Tasha, and thank you to the three of you for your service. We definitely appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you have followed my show, but um, I've had, I have had a few shows where I've allowed trans women as well as trans men to have a platform to be able to educate those individuals who are either contemplating the transition or aren't that aware of what a trans woman or a trans man is. And I must say each of you are beautiful trans women, if I can plug that in there once again. But um, I, want to, I want you to speak at this point to the young entertainer or the young man or woman that's attempting to make a decision to transition and live a transgendered life. What would you say to this individual as being a mature trans woman? Well, I, I personally, I'm going to let Cezanne and Yasmin speak on that, and let me explain to you why. Like I said, okay. when I was making my transition, I did it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I did it because of pageantry. Okay. But I don't regret any of it, none of it at all. And I'm happy with myself, and I'm happy within myself that mm-hmm. I did all of that. Um, so as far as being wanting to um, say go the full um, sex change, I have no desire for that. I'm happy the way I am. I can't speak for the other ladies, so on on my part, that's that, that's my well, well, Tasha, I, 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 before the ladies chime in, well, I, I want you to, if you can, just because you know, like you said, you know, it was a, um, you know, you didn't do it the right way, um, but at the same token. Just what advice would you give to just anyone that's wanting to transition from just living as a, a normal guy and living as a, you know, preoperative transsexual woman? I say take your time, do your homework, be in no rush whatsoever, and make sure it's your decision, it's what you want to do, and know in your heart that you believe what you're doing is right. And just don't do it for anyone else. Just do it. If you if it's going to make you happy, and you have outlets out there where you could where you could talk to people and do it the right way, you don't have to go through the black market industry. You, you have things now that we didn't even dream of having back then. So right. I would say those steps and do it the, go through the proper channels. Okay, thank you so much, Tasha, uh, Cezanne, and Yasmin. Well, for me, it was never 
a challenge deciding on whether I wanted to be transgender or not. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would just have to say, you, like Tasha was saying, you have to make sure that this is something that you want. Okay. That this is this is this is what's going to make you happy with yourself. Because after the spotlight goes off, after the whatever you're into is, is and it's just you and your God, you have to have a peace of mind. Right. You know. So exactly, yes. Just make sure that this is something that you want and it's going to make you happy. And like Tasha was saying, you're not doing it for a stage because in this day and age, you know, it's all about the illusion anyway. There, there's breastplates. There's all types of different tricks that you can use if that's not who you really want to be. You know, right. you can go mm-hmm. another route. It's not about you just having to have to have the breast or you having to have to, you know, live the life every day, you know. Sometimes right. we get caught up in that, that, like I said before, the attention. But, mm-hmm. you know, once the spotlight goes off, you know, it's just you. Can you look yourself in the mirror and be happy with what you see looking back at you? you I know? love that. Thank so, you, Yasmin. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you. No, 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 I, I love that. I, especially that last part, you know, at the end of the day, if you're happy, if you can look in the mirror and be content yeah. and comfortable with who you see, you know, the reflection back on you, then, hey, then, you know, go forward. So thank you so, thank you so much, uh, Yasmin. I love that. And, Cezanne, did you have any words that you would like to add? I mean, she hit she hit the nail right on the head. Um, <laughs> yes. that, that I would totally agree with that. Um, that's you know, I always say too to the young girls that ask me about wanting to do hormones and that. Uh-huh. I always tell them I said, well, think about how you're going to be perceived when you walk out into the street. And when you you know, it's one thing to uh, be in a bar and around other gay folks and all that kind of stuff, you know. But when you have to, like, go out and pay, go to the grocery store and pay your light bill and all that kind of stuff, think about how you're perceived. And I, and I would want you to um, think about how you want to be viewed when you do that in your right. decision as what your, uh, how you're going to live your life that way. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and kind of comfortable in your skin. Yeah. Most definitely. You also have to be, but you also have to be prepared for other people's reactions. You know. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You know, like you said, you have to be comfortable in your skin. So that's a part of it too. But you have to be prepared for what the out the uh, the mainstream world is going to give you. Uh-huh. And you don't have to be hanging out for the club. What you say? <laughs> I say everything don't have to be hanging out. Save it for the club. And I'll say this I went to the 13th annual Trans Health Conference in Philadelphia um, In uh, um, Excuse me, yeah, Philadelphia Yeah, Philadelphia, back in June, I believe it was The, the, the top part uh-huh. of June And um, I went to support Ebony Sherry um, She actually spoke there And I would just say that um, at this point, there is. I, I would say to you know, I'm not a transgender woman or anything like that. And I always say this, but you know, I sh- I do believe in, in in going out and getting the knowledge because it's there. You know, especially when and I've had these conversations before. You know, back when you know you ladies were coming up and out and things of that nature, there wasn't that much information there. So you kind of had to go to your girlfriend or or kind of get it from a, a a different source. But 
Now it's so much information. And for me to go to that trans conference and see all the pamphlets and the booklets and the, the seminars and things of that nature, if you're questioning what you are or you have questions, those are the type of conferences where you can go and be comfortable and get all the necessary information and, and tools to be able to decide if you want to go that route or not, you know. But um, thank you so very much, ladies, for, for sharing that. So now let's get over to pageantry. Um, there's always a formula uh, to winning a contest, as they say. This particular pageant has this formula, and this pageant has this formula. But in my only 14 years, you know, very young, 14 years of quietly and consistently observing various pageants up close and personal, I personally don't feel each pageant has their own formula. I believe that each winner has their own formula. And that's what, you know, earns in the title at the end of the night. So I ask you, ladies, with all of that said, what's your formula behind winning? Um, um, for me, when I compete, um, my formula for winning really is um, I don't so much worry about who's all in a pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, I compete against myself. I try to be the be better than Yasmin was the last time she was on stage. Okay. And and just do what I do, and however the cards may fall, that's how they fall. You know, as long as I'm I'm happy with the way I looked, the package that I have presented. You know, that's usually how I win a pageant. You know. So that's what I don't have to say. Okay, so just being you and knowing that you are, you are your own competition. Right, right. I compete okay. against myself. I'm, I'm trying to outdo me the last time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tasha Long? Well, I'm still competing, so I'm not giving out my secrets. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just um, – I know it's, I'm very bored. I'm not one of those girls that when I do pageants, I don't really um, bang in any certain category. Mm-hmm. I try to stay consistent because I tru- truly believe consistency yes. wins a pageant. And I, for myself, I study the scoring system. Mm, love that. I, I, yeah, and where other people um, – don't really think like that. We'll take um, example. We'll take EOY for example. Mm-hmm. We know that in EOY, creative presentation carries over. Right. So they tell you to focus on all of your categories, and that's true. But you want to also make sure that that's a powerful enough presentation to carry you over. And you don't want to just win that category. You want to try to win by a lot of points. So the next night you could be that consistent person and, and stay at a level where you can end up being important. I like that, Tasha. And I, I always tell people this, um, that when they're competing for a title, you know, ask to see the score sheet. You know, ask to see how, you know, like you said, the, the scoring system, but also see exactly how, they, how they're scoring you what those subcategories are within that particular, you know, category, you know, and I think that's also a, a good way of, you know, studying the system and, and really kind of figuring out what you want to do and how to, you know, present it the best way possible. So thank you so much, Tasha. And uh, Ms. Cezanne, what's your formula? <laughs> um, I don't think, I, like, 
I don't think I have any specific formula. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in my past, the things that have um, maybe set me apart, maybe, um, I think I'm good in question and answer. Um, but I agree with Tasha. Um, consistency is what wins the pageant. And like you said, I don't think it's different in any other in any pageant. When you mm-hmm. go into it, if you're yep. the best talent and the best in evening gown, the best in question and answer, best in interview, you know that's how you win it. That's, mm-hmm. that's just common sense, really. Yeah, because I believe when when people go and they think that it's a formula or they, they'll go and study these tapes and say, oh, well, she did this when she won, so I'm going to do this. And, you know, they're not being themselves, you know. And it's really, again, this, this, this – go ahead. Go ahead. The thing, and the thing is, they, like, when they think it's a formula, it's usually like, oh, they want to see Broadway. Well, if you don't do Broadway well, it's just – it's not – the formula's not going to work for you. Right. You know, you have to pick something that's, uh, that you can actually um, um, do. That's not the word I'm looking for, but you, you get what I mean, I hope. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, do, 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 do something that you're comfortable with at the end of the day. And make it shine. And make it shine, baby. Um, so I, I want to talk about most memorable moment, and then we're going to take a break, but it's a special break. Um, but we're going to uh, – I, I want to uh, talk about most memorable moments for a second because each of you have won lots of titles over the years, and I hate that I have to do this to you, but I do need to – I want you to give me your most memorable moment as a national title holder. So I want you to tell me what title you re- you represented at the time and what's your most memorable moment during that reign. Ooh, I have two. Okay. One most memorable moment was the night that I won Miss Gay Nationals. Okay. I would have to say that's my most memorable moment. Okay. Um, the second most memorable moment would have to be to hear when I gave up Miss Continental to hear Jim Flint say that he had, if he had the opportunity to crown me again, he would, and um, that he he also put, and I've never seen him do that before, when the question and answer came up, he actually, um, I was a part of the question and answer in, um, in the question, and that was memorable to me oh, because wow. it, it made it, it let me know that the hard work that I put into the system, mm-hmm. someone who mattered at the time appreciated it. Right. Oh, okay. Love that. Give us some some drag history. I love it. Okay. And um, who else? Who else has a, a memorable moment? Faison. Um, I would. I have two also. Um, the first one I would say would be. Actually, when I won Miss USA, okay. and I say that because it was here in Louisville, um, it was uh, at a theater I had been to when I was a kid. Um, my mom was there. Um, it just was, you know, it was, I, I had just started drag like maybe four years before, and I had just, you know, in four years I had achieved that. So I was, it was a magical moment. And then my other moment I would say was, um, Back in probably ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe, and I was working at the Baton, and um, my Janet Jackson had come to the club, but I wasn't there because my mom had a stroke, so I was mm-hmm. in here in Louisville. So, 
so depressed about that. So when I ended up coming back to Chicago on Thursday night, um, she came back to see me. Oh, wow. That was amazing to me. Uh, Did you get a picture with her? I'm sure you did. Uh, Yeah, a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And Yasmin, what about you? Um, For me, it's going to be two also. The first one would be the night I won Miss Black America. Of course, that was my first national. And what was memorable about that night is, um, if anybody knows the history of Yasmin Kamasar, Tata Vega was behind Yasmin Kamasar. That was my um, makeup artist, Ernest Saldell. And to see the tears come down his eyes as he looked up at me, Mm-hmm. Being crowned, that's a moment that I'll never forget. All of the 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 hard nights of sweating and stunning dresses. It's just like all of that paid off. You know, the right. years prior to me getting that first national, all paid off in his eyes. You know, I could see the the the, the how proud he was in in that moment. And also, it's just like he was winning because he was right. by my side. Whole entire time. There's been many people that's been by my side. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, just his, I can remember his face and the tears streaming down his eyes. The second one I would have to say is when I was crowned Miss Black Universe. Okay. Preparing for Miss Black Universe for me was stressful, and it wasn't stressful on a financial level. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole entire performance. Preparing for the pageant, the things things just you know the Lord just was blessing, and mm-hmm. any time that the the bucket was full, I never worried, I never cried, I never wondered about it. The next day it was full, you know, right. and I had went through things preparing for that pageant that I had never experienced in the whole entire my whole existence, existence in pageantry. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through people, you know, trying to make men, girls, enemies. You know, it, was, it, it wasn't the girls. It was the queens, you know, right. picking up men on the Facebook and this and that and that and this. And, girl, they did that. And so I, I had blocked all that out, mm-hmm. all of it. And um, I will never forget the, the morning of rehearsal for the final night. It's like it, all of that pressure just it, it came rushing on me at one time. And somebody told me, say, Yasmin, it's now or never. Mm. And I can remember telling Neil Dickerson that in the back room, and tears spring down my face. And he was like, well, you know what you got to do here. Right. And to, to hear my name finally called after all of those years, Mm. I'll never forget it. Wow. So those are my two most memorable moments. Well, thank you so very much, ladies. It was lovely to hear those most memorable moments. And um, for those, uh, well, I do have the Black American Black Universe. I was actually at one of those contests. So I definitely want to see if I can get my hands on Miss USA and um, uh, Miss Gay National for Tasha. Um, But, again, thank you so very much. Now, ladies, I want you to listen up really, really closely because uh, 20 Years ago, next week, Miss Cezanne will be celebrating 20 years as a former Miss Continental, crowned in 1994. A little history for all of you listening. 
the year that Cezanne won, Paris France was her first runner-up. Natasha Richards was her second. Angela Carrera was her third runner-up. Sherry Payne was the fourth runner-up. And Danielle Hunter was fifth runner-up because that year they had a top six versus a top five. But also, I discovered something else. So I'm going to play this quick audio. I want you ladies to listen very carefully. And then once it's finished, we'll get back and I'll ask you what was so special about that. Okay? So hold for me and listen carefully. Our first semifinalist tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is from Tennessee Continental, sponsored by Ricky Thomas, Yasmin Campbell, number five. Entertainer, ladies and gentlemen, comes to us from Chicago Continental, sponsored by John Bradley, contestant number 25, Tyshell Long. Ladies and gentlemen, our next contestant comes to us from Texas Continental, Sandy Andrews, contestant 27, Cezanne. Hey, Cezanne, this is Dominique Chappelle, the French doll, and I would like to wish you a happy 20th anniversary as Miss Continental. You're my sister and one of my favorite entertainers. Peace and blessings. Hey, Cezanne, this is Benny with the Black America Passenger System. And on behalf of everyone over here at Black America, we want to say to you congratulations on 20 years as a former Miss Continental. It was indeed an exciting day when you won and a celebration for all of us uh, during that time. And we will definitely uh, be there, show up and support you and celebrate you as you be honored with your 20-year anniversary. Again, congratulations on behalf of Black America. Cezanne, Cezanne, what's up, beautiful? I must say you have timeless beauty. 20 years? Just think. A few years back, you were celebrating 20 years of black America and now 20 years at Continental. I just want to say congratulations. You've been an inspiration. This is Christopher Iman, Mr. Continental 2010. Love you. Keep doing your thing, beautiful. Hello, Zazan. This is Victoria. I'm Miss Continental 2006. And I understand that you are celebrating 20 years as being crowned Miss Continental. I can't believe that. You don't look a day over 25. <laughs> but I want to congratulate you on your 20th year anniversary. And to let you know you have inspired me to um, be the best I can be in this industry. I remember coming to the Baton years ago, watching you do Janet and the end of the road and working alongside of you at one point and just noticing and realizing that I was not only working alongside of fellow female impersonators, but I was working alongside of artists. And that's what you are and you have been for me for a long time. You were more than just an entertainer. You were an artist and you are an artist. And I just want to congratulate you on your 20th year and let, and to let you know you and others have inspired me to be the lady that I am today. <laughs> so thank you so much, and congratulations again. Hey, Cezanne, it's me, Tommy. 
wanted to say congratulations on your 20th anniversary coming up this Labor Day as being Miss Continental. Love you, God bless, and continued success. Happy 20th anniversary, Cezanne. This is Antonio King with Dream Girl Continental Pageantry. We wanted to make sure that you understood that Continental loves you and appreciates your contribution not only to Continental, but to the art form of female impersonation. You have blazed the trail, set a standard, and have always held up that standard by being not only Miss Continental, but just being yourself, the lovely Cezanne. Again, happy anniversary, and thank you for all that you've done. Hi, Cezanne. It's Mimi. 22 years ago when we met at Miss Continental, I knew that we were going to be great friends and eventually best friends. I love you so much. I absolutely adore you, and I'm so happy that this year is your 20-year anniversary as Miss Continental. Love you like an absolute sister. Can't wait to see you. Bye. And Cezanne, here at the Talk with Micah and Friends, and if I can speak to uh, on behalf of everyone involved in pageantry, spectators alike, we sincerely thank you from the very bottom of our hearts for simply showcasing your many talents for all of drag pageantry to see year after year. And it's no doubt that you will forever be Miss Continental 1994. Congratulations. Hi, Cezanne. <laughs> So, Cezanne, what did you think about that? That was beautiful. I'm almost in tears over here. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I wanted to put something together for you, and I had to make sure. I knew that you had won, but I was like, I want to make sure. So, I, you know, I, I messaged you, and I just had to make sure that it was, but indeed it's going to be your 20th year. And, again, we want to say congratulations. But um, uh, And you're welcome for that. Now I want to go back to what I asked you ladies. Um, I said there was something very special about the audio that I was going to play. Um, so can anyone tell me what that was? Um, all three of us were in the pageant? There you go. Right. <laughs> we, all, we all were in the top. We were all in the top 12. You right all were in the top 12. <laughs> and, and I did not, that did not come to me until today. Because honestly, I'd watched the pageant on, on YouTube and stuff like that. But I had never, I never known that. So you know, of course, you, these are the ladies that I'm honoring, and we're going to be, they're going to be on the show. And then here I am at work, and I'm watching. I'm saying, hold up, wait a minute. So then he calls out Yasmin, and he calls out Tasha, and he calls mm-hmm. out. I was like, oh no! I was like, wow, that is, you know, that's wonderful. The stars have a line. But um, mm-hmm. thank you so very much, ladies, and to all of you, not only Cezanne, but to each and every one of y'all. I, I have to say thank you because you guys have done um, marvelous things within within the community. Now, Tasha, I remember that you spoke at NBU this past year when celebrating your 20 years as a former um, Miss Black Universe. And forgive me because, you know, during that time I did step out. It was probably actually before you even came out. But I stepped out, went into the lobby, you know, as we always do, and I I was not able to to hear what you said. I I missed a truly heartfelt, honest, and pure statement from the Tasha Long. I even, um, when the DVD came out, I... D. West can attest to it. I contacted him. I said, D. West, I was like, uh, where's, the, where's Tasha Long's uh, heartfelt, you know, statement? Where's that? And he was like, oh, it was on my old computer, computer crash, so I wasn't able to, to get it on there. So at this point, Tasha, because I didn't hear it, and a lot of people didn't hear it, what did you actually say on that day? Because I, I just heard so many great things about it. So what, what did you say? Child, I'm 50 years old. You think I remember that? Okay. <laughs> 
you know, you, when you're on stage and you have something to say, mm-hmm. and I guess um, uh, 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 entity takes over. Right. And I just think I was just speaking from my heart. I can mm-hmm. verbatim tell you what I said, but I can right. give you a little synopsis of what Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all I want. And uh, basically all I was saying is that um, we as a community um, just need to stick together and love one another and, and stop all the bickering and all the Facebook reading. And, mm-hmm. and you know, every year we go to Black America and, and you hear your, your fellow brothers and sisters say, I love you, I miss you, this and that. And then when the pageant's over with, you don't hear from anybody. And right. I just think that's sad. And it's sort of like putting up a facade in front of the audience. Mm-hmm. And I just want everybody to quit doing that. You know, right. we, we always say practice what you preach. And I try to do that. And, tell me, and I'll tell you, I'm still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And what I said to people is if I did anything in my career to offend anybody or if I hurt anybody anyway that I don't know about, this is my time to apologize for that. And, and, and I say that to this day to anybody that's listening. Um, mm-hmm. If I did something to hurt you in any way, I want to apologize for that. You know, my intentions, and I tell my friend Bob all the time, it's, it's your intentions that brings on karma. If you have bad intentions, then you're going to get bad karma. But if you do yeah. something and your intentions do it, then you're not going to get any bad karma. And my intentions are good. They really are. And I just want everybody to believe that and know that. Um, we just need to start loving one another and stop all the hatred within Thank our community. You. Thank you so much, and I, and I can definitely agree with you on that. And I want to ask um, you as well as the other ladies, um, what do you feel social media has done for the careers of entertainers like yourself? And what has social media done for you, if anything? You talk to me? To to all three of you, but you can go ahead and and answer first, Tasha. What has social media done for me in my career? Yeah. Um, I I think it it makes people more aware of where I am, and when I go to different places, I notice um, how many friend requests I get. I remember my Texas tour. Um, It seems like everywhere I had gone, the next day I was just flooded with friend requests. And mm-hmm. it, 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 gets, it gets you out there. And if you're doing it in, again, a positive way, people feed off positivity, you know, and it brings the karma to you. And you want to speak on longevity, and that's the way you get longevity, respecting others and um, just live your life in truth. That's all. And, Tasha, I remember you saying after the Texas tour was over that you were going to start getting more into designing and producing your show garments and things of that nature. How has that been going for you? And I am. I um. I'm still working on um, longevity designs. Um, okay. I, it's a little different for me because what I do and what brought this to my attention was, I would make different things, and as I travel, girls would like it and want to buy it. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I do, I make stuff and what I maybe wear it a couple of times, and then I will sell it. And what that does, it makes me reload my wardrobe by okay. don't get rid of it because I have to replace that. Right. And girls that are sizes, my size, maybe 8 to 12, um, I'm really good with stretch dresses and stretch, you know, stretch pieces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to make travel ready. So um, longevity design is still in the making. And I'm this later on in the fall planning on taking some more sewing classes to learn some stuff just to um, enhance what I already know. Okay. Well, I definitely want to say good luck to you on that as well, okay? Thank you. 
you're welcome. And Ms. Cezanne and Yasmin, uh, what has social media done for your careers as entertainers? And what, um, yeah, t- tell us what it has it done for you, um, social media. It's given us an outlet for people to see us in, in different lights of light, of life, not just not just through a show, through your shows, in your everyday life. You know, uh, my daughter sometimes gets on me because I said, "Don't put that camera in my face." You know, <laughs> but it gives people the opportunity to see that I live a normal life, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's what I would have to say. You know, you 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 they get to see you. In, in different lights of your life, as well as on stage and different places that you are, you're going to be performing and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 it, it's kind of funny that um, sometimes um, when I go to church on Sunday, I, I sit beside this particular lady every Sunday, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Miller. We call her Lady, and she'll she'll say something to me. Oh, oh I see you on Facebook. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you're on a pink swimsuit, you know, and I'm like, oh, right. my God. You know? But, hey, that's what, you, that's what I get for, you know, posing for the camera, you know, because, right. you know, once it, once it hits it hits the computer, it, you know, anyone can see it. So yeah, I guess other people get to see me in different shades of life. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. And what about you, Cezanne? Anything you want to add? Um, but the same thing, you know, it, uh, it allows you to be seen by a lot more people. Um, for me, I've been a gypsy, so I've lived in a lot of different pe- places um, uh, throughout my years. So it keeps me in contact with different people that I've known, say Florida, Chicago, um, Atlanta. I'm able to be in touch with those people. They actually can, in some senses, see me still perform. Um, through uh, various clips that end up being put out by people that come to see the show. So I say, okay. you know, that. Okay. Now, from my show's inception, which was in December of 2013, I've been promoting for 2014, standing in all of your truth. And I truly believe a lot of us, myself included, at some point in time in our lives, we either hid or we hide behind masks, and we never allow ourselves to face our own truth. So that, we can, so that we can become better individuals, not only to ourselves and our family, but our community as well. So my question to you ladies, if you could change anything about your life thus far, what would that be, and how do you think that change would positively reflect on the person we now know and see today? Say that again, baby. Yes, I can. Um, if you can change anything about your life thus far, what would that be, and how do you think that change would positively reflect on the person we know and see today? Hmm. Um, I don't know if that would change it, but something that might have been different um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, If I, I think that if I weren't so career-driven, like, because I think I really focused on um, – doing a pageant, you know, performing, reigning, giving it up, running for another pageant, winning, reigning, giving it up, running for another mm-hmm. pageant. I, I feel like the 90s, that's pretty much what I did. Um, and so in relationships, I think I did not spend quality or enough uh, 
thought into the relationship to make it work because I was more concerned with uh, being Cezanne, you know. And um, I wish, I do wish that I had maybe done it differently, but I think that if I had done that, like you said, what would be, what would you know of me now? I think mm-hmm. that maybe I wouldn't have um, achieved some of those things as quickly as I did. Maybe it would have been spaced out more so. I don't know. Or maybe I wouldn't have done all of it at all. So Okay. Who knows? All right. Thank you. And uh, Tasha, Yasmin? Uh, Something I would change. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I could think of that I talk about a lot that I wish I had done differently, mm-hmm. um, I've had the opportunity to win in a lot of pageants. And financially, I wish I had saved some of that. Um, okay. I think that's something that I would have done differently, and I and I hate that I didn't do that. As I look back, I when I won different pageants, I bought different gifts for myself, but I, it was nothing um, that was long term to me. I should have I should have saved. I regret that. Okay, it's all right. Yeah. So um, financially, okay. And Yasmin, what about you? Um, I would have to say. Um, I don't, I don't want to use the word change. I just okay. I want to use the word regret. Okay. And um, as I've said before, you know, it's it's my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, over ten years ago, I had a drug addiction, and that was a very dark period in my life. Mm-hmm. I um, have to be truthful. I I I got on drugs for love. And okay. I got off of them for love. Okay. And in in that dark period, I lost something that was that was very dear to me, and mm-hmm. that has, will forever has, will forever change the course of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, if I could go back and change it, I think. That's the only thing that I would change in my life. But other than that, you know, you know, God has a a purpose and a reason for everything. Most definitely. And I had to go through what I had to go through for to be the person that I am today. Exactly. And, but that's the only thing that I regret is is that that dark period in my life that I could just. I could, if I could go back and erase, you know, mm-hmm. you would. But it, it's something, it's, it's a wound that will never heal and um, has changed the course of my life forever. And I, and I want to thank you, Yasmin, for just opening up about that um, tonight as well as um, briefly when you answered your question at Black Universe. And I just want you, if you can, um, just to, you know, what would you say to anyone out there? Because, you know, it's a lot of young kids out there that, that are listening and that are possibly have go- going through what you went through um, in regards to your drug addiction at the time, what would you, what's the best piece of advice or what would you say to that person that is just going through or in that dark place? That uh, as long as you have breath in your body, you can change. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, whatever the, the reason behind it, because there's always a reason behind it. Right. It's a reason behind it. It's an scapegoat for something 
that that's hurting you or something right. missing. And in the morning when the when when the high is over, the problem is still going to be there. Mm-hmm. So you you have to take control of that problem, whether it be you know a ghost from your past, from your childhood, because a lot of times that's that's the issue, you know. And 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 you have to forgive, and you have to you have you you have to to pray about this situation. You have to loosen it and let it go. Exactly. You know, that's the only thing that I could say is that you know, it it it's, as long as you have breath in your body, you can change. You can change. And 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 for me, the way I did it, I didn't I didn't have to have therapy. But if you have to have therapy, if you need help with it. Do whatever it is you have to do. But, you know, all I did, every time I was getting high and I would put that straw to my nose, I would ask the Lord to to take the taste away from my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, to speak, you have to speak healing into existence. Yeah. You have to tell the devil that he is a liar and that your yeah. life is, is worth more than this, you know. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't pleased with it. And, and when other people would tell me, you know, you know, you know, extend their hand and, and help, you know, right. only person who can really help me was me. Exactly. And I had to make up in my mind that this is not who I want to be and this is not how I want my story to end. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so very much, Yasmin. Love those words. And I thank you, um, each of you ladies, for providing your responses to the question. And I just have, because uh, we only have about 20 minutes left, um, but I want to really quickly, um, and, and it, everyone doesn't have to respond, if you know, if you don't really necessarily have anything to say, but I do want to speak really, if maybe I may have like two and a half questions <laughs> or things I want to talk about, but I want to speak to you really quickly about drag and its decline. And now, don't get me wrong, we do have competitions that are still bringing in high numbers, but the majority aren't delivering in that area, to be honest. So my first question, you know, it's a, it's a yes or no. Um, do you feel that drag or female impersonation has lost its spunk or drive? Faison, yes or no? Say that one more time, I'm sorry. Do you feel that drag or female impersonation has lost its spunk or drive? Yes or no? Tasha Long? Um, yes, it's lost its drive. Okay. And Yasmin? Yes. Now, we don't want to point fingers, but who do you think is the blame for the decline? Faison? I think there's a combination of things. I think that just like you said, we talked about social media being the positive thing about it. Mm-hmm. I think that it also has been a negative thing within the uh <clears throat> within the community. Mm-hmm. I think that um nothing against RuPaul and I you know, I love a lot of those girls, but I think that um that has changed the face of drag. It's changed the way that people are booked. It's changed the way that certain folks it's paid it's changed the whole uh pay scale type thing. Uh, in a very negative way for all of the professional girls that have been working for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years or more. Right. Um, 
so and I'm and I'm not reading those posts because you know that's what's going on now and um you know get what you can I I'm not blaming them but that is just the way that it is right now. Most definitely. Anyone else? Who 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 who's um, to blame? Um, I would have to. I, I agree. Some I agree with Cezanne, but I also think that a lot of the blame goes on the newcomer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, 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 the newcomer. There is a need for the newcomer, but at some point, it becomes a hindrance. Yes, you having your decline in your national pageant because the newcomers are afraid to move on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes no sense to me for you to be on the newcomer circuit ten five years. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think at some point, it, you know, somebody needs to say, okay, well, if you've been on the newcomer pageant for five years, you can't run for my system because exactly. you need to be moving on. You know, well, but I think a lot of it is a lot of it is that the newcomers are afraid of of starting all over, but what they have to realize is that you've already made a name for yourself, honey. Exactly. You've been on the newcomer scene. People know who you are. It's time for you to come on over. You know, mm-hmm. you, you reign nationally on a newcomer level several times. What you waiting for? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 the new, and the national level is suffering because yes. we don't, the numbers are dying. Yes. And, and if the numbers die, our art dies on a national level. Exactly. So it's time for newcomers to just, you know what I'm saying, come on over. You know, you're, you're groomed. Some of these newcomers are, I mean, you, they're competing like like national girls. Anyway. Exactly, like, yeah. Exactly. Come on. You yeah. know, but they're afraid of, of starting all over again. And you don't have to be afraid because you've already made a name for yourself. People know who you are. We have social media now. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Yasmin. That's yeah. something that that I've consistently talked about on the show um, at various times during passenger chat. I actually had a conversation with someone um, in the industry earlier this week in regards to that and what can be done in order to boost these newcomers and for them to rise to the occasion um, because mm-hmm. Like as I told them, you're spending thousands of dollars just like the national girl spending thousands of dollars. Exactly. So, so why is exactly. it on the stage? It's just fear. That's all it is. It's fear. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to get out of that. Y'all hear y'all mean out there? You know, step on because you said come on over. Yeah, come, come on, on over. <laughs> you know, when I when I came about, there was there wasn't a newcomer. You just throwed in with the big dog, single slam. Come right. on, <laughs> you know, and that's what that's what makes you a. A, a a a good competitor, you know, when you can when you can swim with the with the big sharks, you right. know, don't be afraid. We and need what about, what about you, Tasha? What about you? And thank you, Yasmin, for that. Um, keeping it real. Uh huh. Back in the, I think all of us got to do with money. Mm. Back in the day, it was easy because kids were stunning. Mm-hmm. They were stealing and doing those type of things where they can afford different garments. Then it came to the point where um, the kids were misusing sponsors. They mm-hmm. weren't doing what they should do with the money that people were giving them, and people got burnt out on that. And people, why would they want to spend their hard-earned money for your dream, and you don't want to work for it? That's, so I think a lot of it now, people don't want to work 
um, for their goals and their dreams. They want to okay. give it to them. I think that that's a big decline because people are not giving you anything anymore. Right. You have to work well, for it. Tasha and the other ladies, whoever want to chime in, what do you think that we all can do collectively as a community to get this type of entertainment back to the forefront and allow it to be not only a business but also fun? Because I believe people are taking the fun out of it as well, you know, in certain, in certain areas, not, not, not everywhere. But what do you think we can do collectively as a community? What we're doing now, talk about it. Okay. Bring it to the forefront. People need to listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, if the newcomers are listening to what Yasmin said, maybe they would think, you know, she's got a point. Maybe I need to do this. If they're listening mm. to what they've done, maybe her point is being taken. If they listen to what I say and, and try to go out and do it for themselves and stop waiting on someone to do it for them, then, you know, things could change. Okay. Um, My did opinion. Ever, well, no, thank you for that. And Cezanne? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I yes, we should um, to them, and they can listen. This and another. But what I mm-hmm. think, you no, know, I'm not saying this like I'm not generalizing and saying everybody's like this. But the majority mm-hmm. of, like the younger kids that I see, uh, I think they look at me as like you know an old lady. Like, uh, well, what is she talking about? And it reminds me of like being a kid and my mom like telling me stuff like. Oh, you don't think I was 21 at one time? You know, like, it's that right. kind of way. You know, they just, you know, and it seems different. Like, when I was coming up, I totally, like, looked up to and respected uh, the girls that were older than me. I mean, I, like, worshipped. Like, now it just doesn't, I mean, I'm not looking to be worshipped at all, but it just seems like the respect level for what has gone before them is is lacking, you know, to me. Thank you. And Yasmin, did you have any um, uh, final words in regards to what we what we can do as a community to bring it back together? Yeah, I, I'm I'm agreeing with the other ladies. I um, okay. What they've done is is very true, and what Tasha is saying is very true. It's just like, you know, there's no level of respect. Um, a lot of times, to be honest, you know. With, even with my own children, I don't, I don't, I don't tell them things, or I don't, I don't, I don't share with them because they, you know, they tend to say, "Oh, she's an old lady. Oh, she's a half in. Oh, she's this and that." But I'm, you know, I'm your foundation, you know. Mm-hmm. And without, a, like I said before, without a foundation, the house will fall. So exactly. you know, in, in order for things to change, you have to listen to your elders, the ones who mm-hmm. have come before you. Mm-hmm. You know, because they they know they don't have all the answers. They don't know everything, and yeah, things do change, but some things just stay the same. You know, it's just it's just done a different way. But at right. the end of the day, it's all the same. You know, and I think that people just need to, you know, intend me to 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 you know what I'm saying to start listening and start. Um, Having respect for for the elders, just like um, Cezanne was saying, that's basically it. Thank you so much, Yasmin, and 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 to the ladies, I um I will be reaching out to you later. You know, um, as as the creative juices continue to flow, um, in regards to what what I what I what I want to put together and what I want to happen, um, because as I said, even in the forefront of me starting the show, is that you know I really do care about 
the industry. I'm very passionate about the industry. And um, I, even myself only have been a part of it for the last 14, 15 years possibly. Um, I am seeing the decline. It's not fun anymore. You know, in certain areas, not, not everywhere, because I still have fun in my continentals and USAs and things of that nature, but um, it's not fun where it needs to be fun, you know, and people are not, you know, rallying around with each other and, and making it, you know, we everybody's trying to be this and trying to be that, but at the same time making it fun. And, and also giving back and, and not having that give me this, give me that attitude. So I'll be reaching out to you ladies for something that I definitely want to do to give back um, and to have you ladies included. So the last thing that, that I want to do is really, really quickly, um, every interview I do play a name game, okay, where I provide you with three names in the industry, and you provide me with one simple word that best describes that particular person. Okay, so are you ladies ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with Yasmin. The first yeah. name. Is, the first name is Tamara Chevalier. Oh God! There's so many words to describe that lady, but the first one I have to say is spoiled. Spoiled. Okay. <laughs> um, Amber Star. Amber Star. Uh, mother. Naisha Dupree. Oh, God. Oh, those are some big words, honey. Uh, foot soldier. Okay. Cezanne, are you ready? Ready. Jim Flint. Um, mentor. What was that word? Mentor. Okay. Uh, Nene Marks, Tony Curtis. Oh, my God. I got to use, like, brother, sister, friend. <laughs> All of that, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's been many things to me over over my, over the years. Okay. Tasha Long, you ready? No, but go ahead. Okay. Derange. <laughs> okay. Darcel Stevens. Oh. Um Confidant. Gerald Stevens. Oh you had to say him. I would have to say that's my daddy. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. Now, um is before I before the closing of my show plays for the um, listeners. Um, is there anything that you would like the world to know? Is there anything that you would like to share um, with, with, with the listening audience on today? Hmm. I guess if I was going to share anything with the listening audience, um, if you see me out and about, don't think that I'm stuck up. Come and say hello, meet and greet me. And I want everybody to know, if you see me competing for any contest, it's because it's what I love to do. I love the art. And I do it because I want to have fun. And I'm at this stage in my life where I don't have to prove anything to anybody. So if I'm entering your contest, it's because I have respect for that contest and it's something that I want to build on. Thank you so much, Tasha. Cezanne, uh, any last words? Um, I want to, I guess, if I say anything, I want to say uh, thank you to all my um, fans and friends throughout the years that have loved and supported me through 
four or five different cities, three or four different bars that I've worked at. Um, I've been blessed to work with some of the best people in the in the industry. Um, so I want to say thank you for a wonderful career that I've had. All right. Thank you so very much, Cezanne. And last but not least, Yasmin. Um, live life to the fullest, for it's short. You know, you never know the day nor the hour. Mm-hmm. Live, love, and laugh. All right. Thank you so very much. Just your soul can go. I love that. <laughs> love that. Love all of that. <laughs> and, um, ladies, I just, you know, stay with me. Um, as I said before, hold the line for me. We're going to play the um, the closing of the show. Listeners, I encourage you to listen um, to, the sh- uh, to the ending, the closing. Of course, you know, I have a quote of the week as well. And we're just going to hold the line and allow the closing to play. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Talk with Micah. And this is your girl, T.S. Madison. Yes, God, honey, Miss Nui, 22 inches herself. Remember, ladies. If you ain't rocking 22 inches or better, bitch, you're practically bald. And I never thought I'd be. Well, that's all the time that we have on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank the lovely ladies who graced me with their presence on tonight. I wish you all continued success in this journey called life, and I want to thank you for being a beacon of hope and inspiration within an industry of which can be sometimes judgmental, negative, and unforgiving. We certainly speak your names on tonight, the legends. As always, there is a quote of the week. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. I'll say it again. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. And to everyone that will be competing for Mr. and Miss Continental on next weekend, good luck and put your best foot forward. Until next time, be blessed, everyone.